0: Welcome into a somewhat circus edition of the News for Jags podcast. This week, the Jaguars are wrapping up their regular season, taking on the Colts. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Uh, this year, very strange, we started with toasters, we're ending with
1: clowns. Yeah, it kind of par for the course yeah. for how this season has gone, uh, right?
0: Goodness, it's always there's always been something around the corner. So the, the, we talked a little bit about it on the last podcast, but this clown movement really gaining more and more momentum as each day goes by, it looks like there will be Quite a few Jaguars fans in the stands at Sunday's game in full clown attire. And there may even be some inflatable clowns in a few seats around the stadium. We'll have to see how it all shakes out. But right now, I can tell you one thing. Every time the Jaguars social media team puts out anything on social media, if you go through the responses, it's nothing
1: but clowns. It's amazing because, you know, I know people on Twitter and it's you see that and you you wonder, hey, do I know him? Do I know him? Looks familiar. Looks familiar. It's tough. Clown, 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 and I know today you asked uh, Daryl Bevel about that and and if he had noticed that and stuff, and his reaction was pretty pretty good.
0: Yeah, uh, Josh Allen kind of blew me off a little bit. He didn't really want to talk about. It. Trevor, on the other hand, did say he understood where fans were coming from. He did say that if it was him, he wouldn't do that, but he understood the 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 where fans are coming from and their their frustration about this season and. He if players share some of those same frustrations is what he mentioned, not directly talking about general manager Trent bulky, where this kind of started from. So Trevor can definitely understand. He I did ask him if he saw this as, you know, a, a problem or if that the fan base is just passionate. And he said, you know, I can kind of see it from. Both ways, it just depends on how you feel about the subject. Uh, And, you know, I tend to think that this just shows the passion and dedication of this fan base. Yeah, I think they're
1: upset. And do you you see, I mean, the Jacksonville fan base has been kicked around, made fun of for, I mean, years and years and years, even dating back to when they got the team um, in 95. There was so much directed at Jacksonville. Didn't deserve a team. You know, I know Tony Kornheiser, uh, when the Super Bowl was coming here, he absolutely filleted the city of Jacksonville. Um, it's just been one thing after the other. Jacksonville's always been a punchline. Didn't deserve an NFL team. Super Bowl shouldn't have come here. Jags are moving to London. It has been one thing after the other. But the one thing you can say about all those situations, the fan base has absolutely responded. Jaguars Twitter—I mean, it wasn't at the time Twitter back in uh, when the Super Bowl came here. But Jaguars Twitter, undefeated in terms of the passion, you know, they—, they Ball out, in, for lack of a better word. You know, when J- Jadavion Clowney uh, said the Jaguars are trash back years ago, what happened? He got but trash cans can. mailed to him. Um, the Jaguars fan base even turns on its own now, um, aiming its uh, frustrations and fury on and Shad Khan. They sent but fruit
0: baskets to Jalen Ramsey that's with true. the back issue.
1: That's true. So uh, <laughs> turning uh, their fury and, and anger on Shad Khan now uh, for the retaining of Trent Baalke as GM. So um, when Jaguars Twitter bands together... It's for good causes, too, as we've seen. You know, last year we saw that with uh, uh, with Trevor Lawrence, the toaster, with the book drive for, um, for the elementary school here in town, um, getting kids books. I mean, it, it has been used for some great things, but they are fed up. I mean, after the, the bill of goods with Urban Meyer this season and the, the mistrust there among the fan base after that they're just angry. They're frustrated. They do not want it to continue to absorb these losing seasons, and I think if your players, too, even though Josh Allen uh, kind of uh, glossed over that question today, I, I think they hear it, too. They don't want to be the butts of jokes anymore and stuff, so I think they can um, appreciate, in a sense, like what Trevor said today, I think they can appreciate the um, where it's coming from.
0: Look, there's no other way to put it. Like, to me, and the, the, maybe this is just my perspective, I know guys like Tony Vaselli don't necessarily like it, but Hear me out here. What else could the fan base do that really drives home the fact we're here for the team, but we're tired of this? Absolutely. There, there's very little thing. I mean, okay. people say, well, don't show up to the game. Well, do you understand how season tickets work or secondary ticket sales? Like you're buying from a season ticket. This ticket's already, They're already sold. sold. It's yeah. already sold. They've already got your money. So not showing up to the game just shows an empty stadium and the NFL says or everybody, the national media says, well, Jaguars fans aren't there. They don't exist. No, that's not the case. They're tired of this team and the the organization not giving them the same love they give them back. That's true, and, and that's what this is. I have no problem with the clown out. Not Personally, at all. Personally, I think you know. Look, fans have to find a way to show that they're there for the team. We want a team that's good to support, and to to me, this gets that point across. Look, we're passionate. We want a good team on the field. We will ride for y'all and we will die for y'all. But we're tired of this and here's the clowns it to prove it.
1: Make some changes. It, it,
0: it, make some changes. Look, we, we put together a competent team and then all of a sudden, you this this clown out turns into a jag out and it's a it's a whole different wave of momentum rolling. It,
1: you saw I mean you saw it not with the clown faces but a revolt when Shad Khan early in 2020, said he wanted to move a second home game to London. You know, it's just they're passionate fans, and whatever mission they are on at the time, when they get behind a cause, they will let you know about it, whether it's the clown mask, whether it's the the Jadavion Clowney trash cans, the fruit baskets to Jalen, the the absolute anger directed at Shad Khan about taking another home game and putting it in London. So Jaguars fans have been miscast as um, apathetic. They don't care. Um, they're not smart, they're, but that's, I think that's totally the opposite. I think Jacksonville fans are one of the most passionate in the NFL, and maybe that's because we only see that swath of it um, in our neck of the woods, but, man, Jaguars fans are vocal, they're passionate, and they just want their team that they love so much to be a winner.
0: Oh, no, this is, I mean, you can look around the league. This is definitely a passionate group. I mean, you take any fan base that has suffered through the sort of losing that they have over the past decade – and they're still here with that passion. I mean, there's no way around it that you have to give, you know, hats off, caps off to anybody that's really stuck through the whole thing, been there since the beginning and seen this thing built. Now, the thing is, how do you how do you fix this and get it on the right track now? Um, I don't think general manager Trent Baalke is going to be re- retained. despite right. You know, NFL Network's report and they're standing by their reporting at the time. I think the Jaguars have not said anything publicly, and that's going to give them the easy back out of, that report was inaccurate, he ain't sticking around. And I think that decision was already in the works prior to the
1: clown out, but the clown out just nailed it home of, look, this ain't going to work out. I I don't think you, if you're Shad Khan, can look fans in the face, start a season ticket initiative again, and and ask fans to stand behind you when the fans don't want any of the, the leftovers in this building. And I don't blame him. I mean, we've talked about this before. I don't think you can you can stand behind say, Trent Baalke, I mean, it's not like Trent Baalke has been here and uh, he's got a lot of, um, you know, leeway and it, a lot of, uh, you know, leverage built up. Like, he's done great things and this is just a valley. I mean, he's, he's a newcomer. He's been here for two years. And, you know, granted, he didn't have the, the Dave Caldwell draft. He wasn't making the picks when Dave Caldwell was last year and drafting Chase on and, and C.J. Henderson in the first round. But fans don't care. They want a clean sweep. They know Balky and Meyer were, were tied together. Urban's gone. Get Trent Balky out of here, too. Again, if it, it'd be different if this was a guy, an architect of multiple Super Bowl winners or something. But he, is, he doesn't have that leverage built up with his fan base. And I think fans want to start over. And I don't blame him.
0: He built the roster for this year. And Urban defaulted to him every step of the way when it came to contract negotiation, when it came to roster building. Urban obviously had some input on what types of players he wanted. Sure, that makes sense. But he always defaulted. And who am I to think that the Jaguars' free agent spending re- reflected more? The guy who would never negotiated a contract in the NFL and had no idea how it worked? Or the guy who's the the NFL GM with experience, yep. it definitely reflects Trent Bulky. He built this roster from the ground up, and we're at the point where there, there's no young talent on this roster that you can get excited for. Think about that Jalen Camp pick that they just let walk out yep. the door. They got rid of Colin Johnson. Uh, those are the kinds of guys that you have to find a way, even if you cut them, To get them on your practice squad, at least, so that at this point in a lost season, you get those guys some reps and say, all right, well, we got something of flash to trust on. I mean, look at running back right now. There's no reason to be excited. James Robinson, ETM went down, and there's nothing. There's not even like a a cast-off guy with some physical talent that you're like, oh, let's see what he got. Like, is a nice guy, but he's been a special teamer his entire career for a reason. mm -hmm. Uh, You know, this roster is bad. It was poorly put together. There doesn't seem to be a vision from top to bottom. The only thing that I can say Trent did well this past offseason, he got Tyson Campbell here who looks like he's going to be a player. I like Shaquille Griffin. A lot of people aren't sold on him. I think he's a good leader, a solid player on the field. Uh, outside of that, like, what else can you say? Like, I'm not giving him points for drafting no. Trevor Lawrence. If he no. did draft Trevor Lawrence, yeah. the Jaguars would have got laughed out of the NFL. Yes. So, I mean, where are these points that people are giving him for his last draft? Like, you drafted Walker Little. We don't know if Walker can play. I don't know if Andre Cisco can play. I can tell you, Tyson Campbell looks like a player outside of that what you got
1: yeah and that's it i mean that's i mean you got to write off the trevor pick that was preordained that's back in the, and the, the, the free maroon agents,
0: era most of the free agents are middling at best like ray sean i think he's an all right guy he's a solid player but he ain't a home run it's at
1: we've we beat this drum many times even back in the summer yep. um you just don't look at this free agency class i mean they were we got matthew juden um, I mean, Hunter Henry, John W. Smith. I mean, there were guys in this class that they could have gone after, and you look at the Patriots game last week. I mean, guys that they did not sign and had chances to Maybe come games. back and torture them. And what has Jacksonville got to show up? The free agent class with the most cap room in the NFL was abysmal, and you, you signed those guys. Trent Baalke's word was value. stress that time and again. We want value. The value wasn't there. The value... Sometimes you've got to break some eggs and make an omelet, Trent. You can't continue – to nickel and dime this stuff, especially when you had that cap room available. And, you know, maybe they looked at it as this year wasn't the year. This was going to be a a smaller year, an incremental year. But I still don't think you construct a roster this poorly. And you, I mean, tight end, a black hole. Chris Manhurts is your guy you're going to get in free agency. Last season was the season to throw the money at the wall
0: because nobody had cap room Mm because it was the first time in NFL history the cap went down. The Jaguars were one of the few teams with a ton of money to work with. They should have walked into free agency because – Good guys that hit free agency get paid. Yep. That's why it's so tough. Like you, I kept looking at the wide receiver group for this upcoming offseason. And we're like, oh, there's talent. Well, now a couple ACL tears or probably a franchise tag incoming. They're, that wide receiver market has dried up. Yep. They should have rolled in the last offseason and been like, John New, Hunter, Henry, I don't care what the Patriots offer you, I'll beat it. Right. They should have said the same thing. Matthew Judon, I don't know what the Patriots are offering you. I'll beat it. There's yep. no excuse for Dan Arnold to sign with the Panthers if that's the guy you wanted. And there's there are plenty of players in last year's free agent class. Trey Hendrickson could have helped this yep. team. That they should have walked, rolled in and said, you know what, I'll beat it. And then you get your value, quote-unquote, through the draft. Yeah, and
1: you spot you, fill in these guys. It. You go in. To me, I mean, tight end was a black hole. It still is. Um, you had a chance to sign Dan Arnold. And then you trade for him. I mean, my God, what a, a terrible move that was. You have a chance to sign him, can't I do mean, it, trade for got him. got
0: C.J. off the Yeah,
1: roster. that's true. Uh, Hunter Henry, you had a chance to trade, sign him, c- can't do it. You have a chance to, to get um, the tight end from Philadelphia, Zach Ertz, who basically got gifted away to Arizona, and he's done well there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one bad move after another. Free agency, the draft was a miss. Um, it's just again. That's why I think why you have to start over, and I've got a punt. Yeah, I don't think it's a reaction move. I think it's uh, you know Trent Baalke's been on two staffs. Uh, he's was you know a, a, an associate to Dave Caldwell last year. And that was a terrible class. It's just one, one thing after the other. So I don't think you give Trent the benefit of the doubt. I think you clean house, send him out with Meyer. And I, I don't think if you're a new coach, you come in, if you're hired, and say, oh, great, I want to work with Trent balky I, I don't think that's how it works. Nobody's Clean house. That. Clean uh, house.
0: The agents I've talked to don't necessarily have a great relationship with balky I haven't talked to many of the coaching candidates, but – uh, you know Trent Bulky, not not exactly on everybody's Christmas list around the NFL, and for good reason. Like uh, the only thing I can see from Shad's point is that Bulky probably came in and helped Caldwell clean up the cap problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's going to keep the salary cap cap clean. What does that matter if you're losing games? All right, that, that's enough on the dr- Bulky train. Because look, at the end of the day, I think me and Justin both agree, and everyone out there, it's they got to hit the redo. Gotta, if Shad keeps him to around, it's a huge mistake shot uh, has now started his interviews he's already talked to Doug Peterson he's talked to Jim Caldwell now and then we'll kind of move on forward Nathaniel Hackett seems to be one of the guys who's on the short list to get in here next uh, I don't have a date on when Kellen Moore or even Todd Bowles or Byron Leftwich is going to have that conversation uh, since the the interviews have now started uh, has has your mentality changed are we still on we want Uh, A guy who's a former head coach, I mean, that basically narrows the list almost to
1: Bowles, Peterson,
0: Caldwell kind of
1: deal. Yeah, and, you know, I I know we kind of are maybe a different different mindset on this. I know you're of the kind of the get the guy before he kind of hits that peak mindset. And I think you have to go with the guy, uh, you know, and I know this narrows the field, limits the field – um, to a guy like a, a Doug Peterson, a guy who's had that NFL head coaching experience or at least high-level coordinator experience. You know, is Byron Leftwich still too green for that job? Doesn't have that longevity. Um, you know, is Kellen Moore still too young for that job? I don't know. I mean, I like a Josh McDaniels type. I like a guy who's been an NFL head coach before. Or, you know, we talked about this last week, higher the best possible staff you can don't get mm-hmm. poached guys from college a la urban meyer i think you've got to insulate your guy your staff so no jim with, harbaugh for you Nah, maybe jim harbaugh he's done it he's done it <laughs> he has. Um, you're right you're right but um you know I, I i think a college coach is off limits unless he's had that coaching in the nfl experience a la jim harbaugh uh, but again i think you've got to look at a guy who's a veteran Head coach at some point, or a, uh, an offensive defensive coordinator who have that NFL experience over a period of time. I just, it makes me leery of, of hiring a guy with that no NFL head coaching experience like Meyer and having it blow up in the face again. I just don't think you can do that. You can't afford to do that. Um, and if you're going to be a, a green hire like that, if that's the direction Shad goes, then you hire. The best staff with the most experience, absolutely possible. I don't care if you have to overpay them, make them co-head coach, whatever. Get that staff and build it up if you're going to go the green coach route.
0: Yeah, I mean, 100% what you just said. Um, I, you know, Jim Harbaugh would be an interesting option if, I mean, obviously he didn't go work with Trent Bulky. if you don't know the relationship between Bulky and and Harbaugh from San Francisco, all you got to do is quick Google search. Harbaugh has been very outspoken about it. But, I, you know, honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to Harbaugh to come in and try and set the uh, – right the ship. He did it in San Francisco. Yeah. They weren't exactly excelling when he walked in there and he turned the ship around. He uh, he, he w- had to get a little creative, really use that read option with Colin Kaepernick and those guys, got to the brink of a Super Bowl before it all really came crumbling down. I I don't I, I haven't thought a lot on him, but I you know, he would be an interesting those, those rumors, Yeah, those those and
1: rumors have kinda of percolated in the yeah. last uh, in the last week since they lost to Georgia. So
0: he might be the only college coach that I would give any real credence to of consideration is Jim Harbaugh. I, I think he could I think he could make it work. Uh, that's an interesting option. But yeah, I do I think we differ a little bit. Um, if I'm gonna go an established head coach, uh, my problem is like I, I'm not high on Doug Peterson. I just I just, I know he's saying all the right things now about, oh, I took the year off and I'm learning my lesson and I'm going to blah, 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 blah. Great. I'm not high on the Doug Peterson train, just the way it ended in Philly and the the, the kind of spiral where he kind of lost the locker room at the end. Eh, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's, it's real not easy to say when you're out of a job that you learned your lesson. Uh, Caldwell, I always thought Caldwell would do a good job. I think he's done a good job in multiple stops and could easily get another opportunity as a head coach. But to me, the kind of deterring factor for him is, what is he, 66? I mean, he, he's up there in age. Like, how long is he mm-hmm. really going to want to coach for? And he's
1: a David Coley type, you yeah. know, where he's, he's been around the league a long time. He's older. Yeah. You know, you really – I think with Caldwell, you know what you're going to get. And that's the thing that's appealing that's with him. That's
0: appealing is that I know he's going to be a steadying force. But my problem is how long before he starts considering retirement. If he gets the job, he's going to immediately be one of the older coaches in the NFL. How long before he's thinking about life off the sideline? And I mean, I, and I'm not to say that he couldn't coach for another 10 years until he's 76, but does he really want to? How long before that that question comes into play? And the Jaguars do need, uh, ideally, this hire would be the last one for the majority of Trevor Lawrence's yes. career. You want a steadying force in someone that's going to be there. I'm not saying that Caldwell wouldn't do it. I do think Caldwell could do a good job. I just, I would love. I think the home run is Caldwell is your executive vice president. That's an absolute home run. Get him in the building, but maybe not on the sideline. I do like the idea of a lot of younger coaches. I like to get the guy before he's the guy. But I do hear the the noise of a lot of the top coaches in the NFL, short of outside of like maybe a McVay and a Tomlin. A lot of those guys are on their second stop. So uh, when I start thinking about second stop guys, originally I brought up Dennis Allen as my defensive coach that I was interested in. I backtracked on that a little bit, but I do still think he could deserve a shot, even though he hasn't been requested an interview. Todd Bowles is the one that I'm really interested in. I think he did a solid job with the Jets. Um, I think he could be a steadying force. You now have your quarterback. I want whoever this coach is paired with the top offensive coordinator on the market. Which the way it looks, if the Bears move on from Matt Nagy, he's the guy. Mm -hmm. Who's going to hire him is my question. If you hire Kellen Moore to be coming and be your head coach, how does he hire Matt Nagy? What's that relationship like? Get him here. Because that's what's going to happen and build you success you get the top guy who just why did he get fired because he's not a good head coach who cares he's coming to be our offensive coordinator so you bring him in if Doug Peterson can land Nagy which he probably could is he the right guy yeah maybe maybe I mean maybe I have Peterson could put together a good staff maybe I, I ran back on my harsh Peterson vibes right now I still think you know I wouldn't mind a defensive guy. I'm, I'm interested in the Colts' defensive coordinator to see how that works out. I mean, he's done a good job with that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm just not sold. There's just not enough candidates right now. Like, a lot of those candidates that are getting that second shot, a lot of them are rock star kind of candidates. Like, Andy Reid. We all knew Andy Reid was going to be yeah, fine in his next course. stop. Like It, it kind of fizzled out in Philadelphia, and that was fine. But we all knew he was going to be just fine. Um, you know, and a lot of the other coaches that that did that, where they were a top coach on their second stop, we all kind of had an idea that they were a really good
1: coach, and situation kind of dictated. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is though is I don't a Todd Bowles guy, a guy you would want to give that? He was, I mean, the the record and. With the Jets was not that good. No, it wasn't it's 20 good. games under 500, so I I don't know. Is he that guy? I mean, is he that second stop kind of guy? I know he was interim with the Dolphins, but um, do you, do you give him? Is he that second stop coach that you think you'd feel comfortable with? kind of entrusting your franchise, or is Doug Peterson your second-stop guy?
0: Well, I mean, the way I see it, look, the Jets weren't good when Bowles was leading them, but the the rails came off as soon as mm-hmm. Adam Gase took over. So, I mean, that means that he was some sort of steadying force there. He was keeping them at least very bad as opposed to awful that they turned into as soon as he left. Um, I give him the same points that everybody's given Byron which Oh, Bruce Arians loves him. Bruce Arians loves Todd Bowles. Mm. Todd Bowles has head coaching experience. He's working under an NFL veteran head coach in Bruce Arians. So he's getting the same sort of, uh, you know, mentorship that Byron left, which is getting outside except for the fact that Byron's been with Arians for a little bit longer. I'm not giving Byron extra points right now. And I'm sorry to me. Working with Tom Brady is a, a red flag, not a green flag, that mm-hmm. a lot of people are giving him. I, to me, Byron Leftwich screams Adam Gase. Adam Gase got his first job because he worked with who? Peyton Manning. That's that's easy. I call plays for him. I call plays for Tom Brady because you want to know he can go out on the field and he gonna fix it. So I, I I'm not giving him a whole lot of points for that. I don't care that he has shining reviews. I need somebody who's done some things like we. I think it's agreed that Dak isn't. It doesn't have the best arm. He's a high-level passer because he's shown it on the field. But, I mean, he's not the most, uh, like, arm-talent gifted guy. He's not the most veteran guy. He's not like a Tom Brady. But he's excelled in Kellen Moore's offense. He he looked okay in Jason Garrett's. But, I mean, when he's played with Moore, he looked phenomenal this year. I mean, if he kept on the pace he was before all the injuries hit Mm -hmm. him, I mean, he was putting up numbers. Same thing last year when Moore was calling the plays – Dak was on pace to, to shatter records last season before that ankle injury. Yep. So, I mean, Kellen Moore has shown, when I, you give me my starting quarterback, this offense is going to cook. So, I, I give Kellen Moore a, a, a step ahead of Byron Leftwich to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I like the idea of a rock star candidate. I'm not necessarily in love with Todd Bowles. I just think, you know, if I'm going to go with a defensive coach – for whatever reason, or a former head coach. If I was going to go with a former head coach that's been requested, Todd Bowles is probably toward the top. Mm, I mean, plain and simple. I just, I'm not in love with Doug Peterson. I don't, I, like, I like Jim Caldwell, but to me, the perfect scenario is him as executive vice he's president. He's like a Tony
1: Dungy kind of guy. you yeah, one yeah. want in that role where... Bring him in. No, yeah. he's,
0: the, he's the guy. I mean, literally, you compare him to Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy's the guy who had the succession plan to, to hand yep. him the job. No, I, I, for me, I'm still on Kellen Moore. Uh, I think if you get Kellen Moore and somehow he lands Matt Nagy as his offensive coordinator, I don't know for his defensive coordinator. Maybe you know, maybe you keep Joe Cullen. Maybe you get Wade Phillips to come out. I mean, uh, his semi-retirement that he's in. Maybe he gets, uh, as I mentioned, when the search started, Jim Schwartz to go back into a defensive coordinator role, even though he's hanging out on the Titan staff as an assistant right now. Like, and you put together. Uh, uh, you give him a, a, a circle of guys who have been in the league for a long time as coordinators, know how to prepare their team on their own for their for a game, but also have head coaching experience. Jim Schwartz wasn't an awful head coach. He had some solid success, got the Lions to the playoffs. I'm not mad at that. Um, And so I, I get where people are coming from wanting an experienced head coach. I understand it. I would not – uh, outside of, like, Doug Peterson probably could do okay. I'm not sold that he's the guy who's going to steady the ship. I think Jim Caldwell will steady the ship and have a bunch of six, seven, eight win seasons, and it will be a steadying force. But I just question how close to retirement he is. And with a young quarterback who's going to be on his second coach in two years, you need a steadying force. You need I really, a steadying force. Yep. to find some sort of steady pace where this is Trevor's coach for the majority of the rest of his career. Who can give you that? And – I, you, can't, you can't convince me that Jim Caldwell's a 10, 12 year coach.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, so I'm, that's I'm, where
0: my red flag comes from.
1: I agree. Yeah, and it's and it's you know you knew Tom Coughlin when he came back here. He wasn't that coach. No. He was a Super Bowl winner, but you were going to value him for his you know, he, when he was in Jacksonville. He was a GM slash coach, um, and you don't see that as much anymore. Um, but you brought that Tom Coughlin steadying force kind of guy. Obviously a completely different personality than a Jim Caldwell mm-hmm. um, but you bring that Caldwell role in and you have him oversee things so yeah I could see that and that role comp you know that Tom Coughlin had here no longer here um, but if you had a personnel guy in there to kind of oversee things and, and maybe this perfect harmony marriage includes a, a Kellen Moore a Jim Caldwell um, and you know Joe, Joe Cullen at DC I mean who knows but you have that experienced guy um You know, I I just think you need experience on the staff somewhere. And whether that's head coach-wise, whether that comes in the the form of offensive-defensive coordinators, or even that EVP role, which doesn't currently exist now, I think you need experience. And And, um, this franchise screams, I need experience right now.
0: And I've seen people raise the red flag of the dynamic between a head coach, a GM, And uh, an executive vice president is a tough one to build and you need to It'd be better to hire a head coach and then promote him and let him bring in his own guy or promote someone off his staff. I understand that. And that dynamic is hard to build. But that's why I've been hammering for the dynamic or the trio of sorts and coaching executive vice president that I have, because Jim Caldwell was an NFL head coach and the guy I want him to hire as his head coach played for him for a year, Kellen Moore, if Kellen Moore is going to come in and work under a guy, what, what better, and be able to respect him and really have those tough discussions with him, what better than a guy that he already saw mm-hmm. as his coach while he was putting the helmet on in Jim Caldwell? It's perfect. It's a perfect transition. It's a perfect, all right, we already know each other. Hey, Kellen, I thought highly of you when you were a player. Let's work together. Let's build this thing and turn it around. I think there's already that respect factor there because most play- and it- – I've never heard any player say a bad thing about Jim
1: Caldwell. He's
0: yeah. a respected guy. He's a
1: Tony Dungy kind yeah. of guy. Yeah. That's
0: my home run situation. I'm sticking to it right now, and that's my guns. and So hopefully- hot, hot shot
1: head coaching hire, a young, a young rock star in the making, a la Sean McVay kind of guy. That's right. And a steadying old gray beard for the EVP role, a right la now. Jim Caldwell. And a – Pseudo x fired recycled head coach on a specialist, you know, specialty offensive defensive coordinator mm-hmm. as an OCDC kind of guy. That's, That's your perfect staff. That's okay. my
0: home run. Like, our, 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 Chad thought he was hitting a home run by bringing in Urban. No, your home run is you put together this ultimate. Conglomeration of knowledge, old like you said, all the all those things. We hit all those things. That's your home run situation where you say, "All right, you know what? This we won't be a laughing stock anymore because we got too many smart guys in the room." And you got the
1: smart guys, but you need the chess pieces though yeah. to move around. Which and is that's, why you got to get yeah. a new
0: GM, and that's why the guy I keep hammering for, Jeff Ireland, because he literally went in. And help the Saints create a draft process that has helped them be one of the better drafting teams since he arrived there. And what have the Jaguars done terribly for years? Draft. How do you build, since Trent Baalke loves the word value, how do you find those value players for your roster? In the fifth, sixth, and seventh round of the draft, that's where you find them, and Jeff Ireland has done it. He, he failed m- miraculous, mm-hmm. or in, in spectacular fashion in Miami, sure. But, I mean, there was also other things that were somewhat out of his control that helped to him being shown the door there, the bullying situations and things like that. Like, he, he couldn't have foreseen that. That wasn't necessarily his fault. But he has rehabbed his resume and shown that, hey— you give me something, this is what I can do with draft picks. And he's done it on, on an extended basis. It yeah. wasn't a one-year free. No. You, and I mean, that's what the Jaguars yeah. need. And that's how you can build it. Yeah, you can fill holes in free agency. But if you want to build a consistent roster, you got to draft. They
1: are perennially salary cap pinched. And how do you – Manage, how do you mitigate that and still have a competitive interval roster? Cheap guys. That's it. Cheap Alvin guys. Kamara in the late round of a draft. You know, That's you have it. these situations He's where been you draft. Hitting and... on them.
0: Since he got there, they've been draft pick after draft pick. I mean, they had Marshawn Lattimore, Alvin Kamara, Marcus Williams. I mean, three guys that are on big contracts. They drafted them all in one draft. That's amazing. Since he got there. And those are the types of things. He helped them rehab their draft process. Their general manager, Mickey Loomis, has been, you know, very open about talking about what he's done for them since he's got there. Jeff Ireland has general manager experience. So, again, an experienced guy who's been there, done that. He knows how to draft well. And then he's learned, because you mentioned the Saints are always salary cap strapped, and their GM, Mickey Loomis, does a lot of interesting things with contracts. Hopefully, Jeff Ireland's been taking some notes and can bring (laughs) some of that stuff here. And all of a sudden... Now you've got so much experience in the building. If you got a and you got a GM who knows how to draft guys, put together scouting staff who can draft, and you start picking people off of the staff that they they can pick people they worked with. Jeff Ireland can pull people from inside that Saints organization, a successful organization in the NFL, and bring them here. Kellen Moore can bring people from Dallas, a successful organization in the NFL, and bring them here. Caldwell has relationships all over the league from his time working around. So I mean, I. I just think it makes so much sense, and that that's my home run situation. I'm sticking to it. It doesn't have to be, you know, Matt Nagy. It could be anybody. I mean, it, it, but I want a former head coach in yes, that role.
1: I do. I I'm with you there. If you're not hiring a former head coach in that head coaching role for the Jaguars, make sure you've got that experienced former head coach in those coordinator roles, one or both. I don't care. I think you just you need to insulate yourself. If yep. you're that young hot shot, if you're the Kellen Moore, a la Sean McVay role. You've got to have some infrastructure there in place to help you along in that process. And and unlike Urban Meyer, I mean, I don't think he hired the best guys for the position. I think he, um, you know, the Charlie Strong type roles, he didn't hire those. I mean, Joe Coleman was a first time defensive coordinator, been around the league a while. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Bevel, not a first time OC, been around the league a while, but I just don't think Urban made those right coaching hires. Uh, I don't think Trent Baalke was the right guy for that job.
0: Nope. And if you do that, I can guarantee you we're not talking about clowns in a year or two. Or, or it's just not going to happen because you'll have too much experience. But uh, I think we've reached the point where we'll go ahead and wrap up this podcast. So uh, uh, thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find more over on newsforjacks.com. I'm Jamal St. here, That's Justin Barney. We'll see you next time.